Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. If you want to find us, we are on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We are on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. And we're on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. I don't really use Twitter that much anymore, though. Neither do I. <laughs> it's, it's too heavy. Really, Facebook's too heavy, too, but whatever. Oh, I'm your host, Brendan, and <laughs> with me is... Marquita. Marquita. We kind of skipped a week. We had a lot going on. I was on vacation, and yeah, I want to just kind of catch up with everybody and with you guys and what we've been watching and what we've been experiencing, and we're going to start with... Marquita went to Soul Comic Con. Woo, Soul Comic Con. I didn't get a chance to go. I was with some homies. They were they had a uh, a going away kind of oh, session. You missed it. Ah, oh, terrible. I did. Uh, I went to karaoke for the first time in a long time. I went with some younger people. <laughs> they were like in their mid twenties, but one person was like twenty one. And you don't really realize your age until you start singing songs with people and realize they don't know what songs you're talking about. That is true. That's what songs did they sing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know? <laughs> no, I I do. Uh, I mean, there was like you know, Gaga was in there, but at one point, uh, my friend was like. You don't know this Jonas Brothers song? <laughs> I'm like, I'm a 33 year old black man. No, I don't know this Jonas Brothers song. Are you sure? <laughs> I I wanted to sing so many songs. I you know, do you know song two by Blur? I don't. Wow. How old are you again? For just for the audience to know. Twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> Blur. You know the Gorillas, though, right? Yeah. Oh, I love the Gorillas. So before the Gorillas. Damon Albarn was a part of a group called Blur, oh. and they had a couple of uh, of albums. And Song Two was their most famous one uh, from the the mid '90s. And so, like, I love seeing that. It's crazy. I, you know, when I first sang Noribong in my life or karaoke in Japan, uh, when I was in Japan in 2005 and 2006, I was with homies that were of a similar age. So when we sang the songs, we were all you know arms around each other together, like, yeah, you know, it was great. But now you cut to, you know. The Jonas Brothers. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's over a decade later. Not only is there 10 years worth of music that has come out, but just people just aren't connecting with that old stuff like they used to. It was interesting that I sang Love Fool by the Cardigans, mm. and they could sing that song, but mm-hmm. other songs they didn't know. So it was interesting. It was fun, though. Yeah, but, I mean, karaoke, like, that's that's what it's all about is, like, figuring out songs that you might not have known and then watching people butcher the hell out of those songs. Like I love you. singing MCR in karaoke all the time, but it's, uh, I don't think a lot of people know my chemical romance. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know that name, but I can't name any songs by them. Why? Ah, oh, see my point proven. Yeah. Just not mine. My rock phase was 90s grunge. So, like, mm. in Japan, I was singing Soundgarden and Alice in Chains. Mm. And um, I even did a little Slipknot, like, in a past session. That's that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, enough about karaoke. Let's go <laughs> back to Comic-Con. How many people were, were there? Uh, well, to be fair, I only went for one day because of my schedule. I went on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually Saturdays for any con out of three days are the busiest. Um, so when I went, uh, I want to say that there were easily like at least a thousand people. Okay. At least, which is kind of small for a con, but Soul Comic Con is, it only started in 2017. Right. So it's still growing. Uh, it's bigger than it was when it started, but I think uh, a lot of people definitely showed out. And from what I hear from people who went for, other years there were a lot more cosplays shown this year than the last year it seemed that way yeah from the pictures i saw like people really they worked hard they showed their inner nerd and i loved it i was it felt amazing like it had that original con feel Mm -hmm. where you know like everyone's together and 
people, of course, every day people might think, oh, you know, my interest is kind of weird or this show, you know, I'm the only one who likes the show or something. But then everyone gets together and you see like a character from that show that, you know, someone dressed up as or something. And it's just that that familiarity that comes together with cons in general. So um, did you see a, a one punch man, by the way? I did. That's my that's my my homie. Oh, get out! He uh, he's my friend. He also he's a uh, a Muay Thai instructor and jujitsu instructor here. And in, oh in man, Seoul. he killed that. Yeah, he yeah. was great. That was good. Shout out to Michael on <laughs> Peach Gym. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Were there any special guests there? Like last year, uh, I think Michael Rooker, who oh, was yeah. um, Zandu, he was here last year. But Billy Boyd was there. Um, Billy Boyd, if you don't know i don't <laughs> i think a lot of people uh didn't but billy boyd was an actor in uh from what i remember uh outlander if you really if you like to go that far back uh he was also in the hobbit the battle of the five armies um so he was there this year and uh what is her name uh mantis the the actress that plays Mantis. Yes. Oh, I, I can never name. pronounce her name. Yeah, she was also in that Black Mirror episode. Yeah. All right. I forgot her name. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. I want to give her like due respect. <laughs> she was there. As she well. was there. I know. Tom that. I would have made Clementi. Yeah. Is I that ma- correct? That sounds about right. I would have. I would have made a better effort to go out there if I knew she was there too. That's dope. Yeah. She was there. Did, uh, also, did you get a chance to meet them? Or I didn't get a chance to meet them, but there were, from what I could see on the schedule, there were a lot of slots to to see them. Mm. You know, speak or to to meet them as well. Um, but I didn't get a chance to. Okay. Uh, but there was also uh, one of the artists from the Teen Titans. He had a small booth. Oh, dope. And he was just uh, standing there drawing, and it was awesome. Like, I couldn't really... I now, wanted this is to from get the a, original or Teen Titans Go? Or like, the original, like, okay. cartoon Teen Titans. Dun, 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 yeah. Okay, that's, that's why dope. I was, like, in love. I was starstruck. But I didn't want to bother him because he was drawing. You so. got to always bother those no. people. I can't. <laughs> Whenever I see someone famous, to me it's like this is like this is like a comet, like a once in a lifetime that is true. thing. So like I have to make the best I've I almost got beat up by MC Light's bodyguard once <laughs> I I like hustled to to talk to her. Mm. That's a story for another day. Oh, I wanna hear that story actually. <laughs> so you you showed uh you shared a a video of yourself doing uh oh God. You're dancing <laughs> to some it was like a just dance uh, was, it, was it Gundam style right uh well uh i took a video of everyone dancing to Gundam style uh the video that i was dancing in was to uh queen's uh what was it oh uh, oh sugar what is that song don't stop me now that's oh, <laughs> that's dope yeah um but they had a a little area for people who wanted to dance and it was really cool because you didn't need the console or anything literally there's an app that you can download called just dance now and they uh of course they had the program on the screen Mm -hmm. but anyone who wanted to dance they could download the app and then they could look at the number on the screen and use that number to connect to the room technically the the room for our group or whatever so everyone who danced they had their phones in their hands and if you could see clearly like they had the a miniature version of the screen on their phones so everyone was able to follow even without like a controller or something so i'm pretty sure that you can do that at home that sounds cool yeah that's pretty dope so it was really fun i saw a lot of people like their phones flying through the air (laughs) oh i bet I, i was gonna i was right about to ask about that yeah, if you look in my my video, I don't know if if I can share it to blurt up, but if you're friends with me on Facebook, if you see in my video at the start of the Gangnam Style dance, like there's a guy whose phone just flips right off to the left, and he tries to to pick it up. I, I felt really bad for him, but yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. Okay, dope. Is there anything else you want to? Is there anything else surprises or cool things you saw? Uh, well, I don't know if it's specifically Seoul Comic Con or if it's other cons. This is pr- the first Comic Con that I've been to. I've been to Anime Boston before, mm-hmm. um, but this is the first actual Comic Con. Um, but Seoul Comic Con had a masked singer and yeah, like a masked cosplay singer. 
And if you guys out there, if you know anything about Korea, you know that Koreans love to sing. They love music. They love karaoke. Maybe some people don't, of course, but like a lot of their a lot of singing shows are really popular here. So uh, they had a cosplay version of Mass Singer and uh, I could only stay for a couple of the people singing, but it was really interesting. You had like this 70 something year old guy in a Superman outfit and he's like singing this cute <laughs> little like song. And then you had this guy who dressed as a cow, but damn it, that cow had pipes. Oh my God, he could sing. Oh man. You never found out who they were? No, because I, I, I left after a while. Okay. Yeah. But it's it was definitely a really interesting experience. Yeah. That's dope. I If I am in Korea next year, I, I really do want to mm. check it out. I'm going to go next year. I'm going to cosplay again. Oh, I can't wait. Who'd you cosplay as? Uh, not this time. When I was in, when I went to Anime Boston, uh, I cosplayed as Gara. The, both times that I went. Um, and, uh, this time I want to cosplay as Gara again, um, but I want to do it even better. I have an idea of what I want to do, but I don't want to spoil it on the show. I don't, <sighs> don't want to give, give cats ideas. He's always like trying to make a surprise for people. Of course. Like. <laughs> it's part of the entertainment. Well, speaking of nerd events, I want to move on to Evo 2019, which was also this past weekend. Most importantly, I want to send a shout out to Aslan Ash a 23-year-old Pakistani man who came out of nowhere and defeated the 2018 champion, Nii, from South Korea. Wow. He's the only player to win Evo Japan and Vegas in the same year. Really? Uh, in regards to Tekken. Oh. So according to him, Pakistan has a big Tekken scene, but they rarely compete. He also says that he's only like the fifth best player there. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It's like some anime shit. It's like where you think you just face the worst of it, like like Raditz, only to learn about the existence of Vegeta or something. Mm. So he's only like a Raditz level character. Wow. Or fighter in Pakistan. And he the best in the world right now. That's pretty kick ass. Like, it's awesome. Man. Did he win any any money for that or Yeah, they I don't I don't know the exact prize, but in Evo you do win money and things like that. Oh, he also has a really cool story. So before winning this Evo this previous weekend, he won Japan, like I said. Mm-hmm. And he had trouble getting to the U.S. and to Japan because of mm. the visa problem. Right. But it was really heartwarming to see this organization called E-Fight Pass, mm-hmm. which helped players from all over the world get their visas to go to, to places. Mm-hmm. And, they, and the whole gaming community kind of came behind him, especially after he won in Japan. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really awesome. However, there was kind of a sense, I, I kind of, there was some kind of anti-Brown sentiments, though, because when he went, he won Japan, people treated it like a fluke, and even during the commentary of this past weekend's grand finals, I kind of sensed that the, the commentators really wanted mm-hmm. the South Korean fighter need to kind of come back. Mm-hmm. And even though they, you know, they, they gave Aslan his praise, it felt kind of not as enthusiastic as they would have been if Nii came back. Right. So anyway, I'm just, I'm simply elated for Aslan for Defined Expectations. And these are the kind of positive stories that can have lasting impacts on communities, gaming and otherwise. Mm -hmm. How many players or nerds may now have interest in visiting Pakistan Mm -hmm. or being warmer to Pakistani people and their neighborhoods? Right. Um, People visit countries like Japan because of their nerdy interest. Mm-hmm. That's why I studied abroad there. And obviously, it's obviously that Japan has a much more substantial impact on nerdom than Pakistan, but who knows what the future could, could bring for these right. kind of things. That's true. I want to go on now to the announcement of a new black Tekken character oh, for, snap. for their season three DLC. Here we go. Leroy Smith. <laughs> My uncle. <laughs> Unc. <laughs> uncle Leroy. So according to the trailer, and I quote, 50 years ago, <laughs> a young boy was caught up in a large-scale gang conflict in his hometown in New York City in the United States, where he loses his family and his home. 
After missing for decades, Leroy returns to New York City, now as a seasoned master of martial arts, and he's out for revenge. That was killer. I'm excited. His style is modeled after Eat Man's Wing Chun style. So I, I don't play Tekken, but I honestly may grab that game just for him. Me too. I mean, I, I do... <coughs> Sorry. Uh, I do play Tekken. I don't have it for my PS4 right now because I don't have anyone to play with. So if you guys have a PSN ID, please share it for uh this podcast so that you I share it so together. they can add you oh uh, yeah um i believe my psn id is k wolf b if you can find me k a y and then wolf and then the letter b but uh, i do play tekken in the arcades that they have here in mm-hmm. korea they're everywhere they are everywhere. um and literally like i've kicked ass like i've been on dates with guys and like they stopped the date because I kicked their ass. And oh, really? Yeah. You lying? I'm not even playing. You like. lying? <laughs> you lying? It's legit. Like, who's, who's your main character? Who you main? Oh, Armor King, man. Okay. Armor King okay. is the shit. Okay. But I don't know this Leroy. Leroy like I, I gotta, I gotta try my. Yeah. Uncle. Once EP comes out, it's it's a wrap. Yeah. I don't play a lot of Tekken. I used to play as a uh, Zayu, the the mm-hmm. Chinese kung fu lady, and uh, June. I like June a lot. Mm. Anyway, yeah, man, this this brother's clean. He, <laughs> For real. White dreads, pimp cane, sunglasses, <laughs> gold chain. I mean, I'm living for it. it. I'm I'm loving it. Man, I tell you, I just can't wait for the memes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm gonna bring the show down just a little bit because I think I I want to acknowledge mm. the shootings that happened this past weekend. Yeah. Um. I know you teach adults, Marquita, but as a teacher, it's an absolute blessing to be able to come to work mm-hmm. to the love of children in times of great pain. Yeah. Where two men just gun down innocent people because of their sheer existence, people who look like you and me. Yeah. My students embrace and show love to me every day because of mine. There's really no other job like it i immediately jumped offline once the dayton news broke yeah because on social media and i talked about it on on facebook i tend to consume facebook the most because i'm a millennial Uh, (laughs) i'm not on snapchat Mm -hmm. and ig too much uh anyway many of my friends and family not to mention all the news sites i follow they they post about this stuff Mm. and that just intensifies the negativity it does and and depression yeah. I mean, I I definitely I f- totally understand that. Like I'm I'm the type of person who's always on Facebook no matter what. Like I think if people if you're listening and you're my Facebook friend, you already know. But to be honest, like after so many tragic shootings, like of course when, you know, whenever something tragic happens, it spreads like wildfire. It goes mm. viral so quickly. But um these days like especially this week after after these shootings i sadly found myself you know not like not sharing as much as i did before um my coworkers talked about it but you know like the only thing that i could say is you know well what can i do what more can can we do what more can we say like we've we've told people this like I, it's in i don't want to get political or anything but oh, we here. Yeah, like they're like I just I don't understand what what people are not seeing. Like literally, didn't the it, it was the El Paso shooter who had like this manifesto that included you know the name of our president, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And it, like I don't understand what you're not seeing. I don't get it. Well, I want to touch on that a little bit, but in a kind of a a lateral way. Mm-hmm. I want to just kind of circle back to the negativity right. that gets amplified from the echo chamber. Yeah. And I learned, I really learned how damaging that can be during the height of the Black Lives 
matter movement mm-hmm. uh, i think the last time i posted about a police shooting was philandro castile and uh alton sterling because mm-hmm. one of them worked at a school uh castile that particularly hurt me yeah. as a teacher it it legitimately hindered my production at work mm-hmm. um you know how can i worry about finishing ho- homework at these arbitrary dates when i'm afraid to get a phone call every day about my family exactly you know i finally had to erupt at my boss about that you know i asked him like why haven't you even checked on me mm-hmm. after all of this just to expect deadlines yeah but yeah just i feel like black people know every time a black person is murdered we don't have to share it and amplify our sorrow to acknowledge that there's a difference between solidarity and intensifying our own pain it's true after a while with that, I put it on my white friends to do more, to reach people that I cannot. Mm-hmm. And a number of them did more, and I really appreciate that. I feel like these gun murders perpetrated by white terrorists are similar. Mm-hmm. Who in your liberal or leftist circle don't know what the motives are mm-hmm. for these people? Mm-hmm. Why are we posting with so much intensity when history has shown that it really won't change anything but your own mood and your friends. It's true. I mean, I'm just seeing everyone not, I mean, to go off, off your point of talking about who doesn't know, but I have people just making these rants online. Like they're, they're white supremacists. Like, yes, yes, we know. Yeah. Like, who are you talking to at this point? Exactly. So I've, I've stopped posting about actual <laughs> shootings and I'm more interested now in posting more unique takes on the shootings. Mm-hmm. For example, um, whenever these things happen, there's an eruption on social media about gun control. Mm-hmm. However, I've been reading and posting content that l- looks at that aspect in a different way because it isn't always so cut and dry. Relying on a historically racist government that is in part bought by the NRA yeah. to solve our problems isn't what I would immediately go to so i got this quote from anti-fascist news they they posted a tweet by somebody and it said after columbine over ten thousand school police officers were hired just in case a school shooting happened Mm -hmm. two decades later they haven't stopped a single shooting instead they've arrested over one million kids most students of color for routine behavior violations. I believe I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, we've we've all seen videos of cops abusing children of color at schools, slamming them on the ground, choking them out, grabbing them. Yeah. And wasn't there a recent shooting? I want to say it was last year that was happening and a cop was actually in the building. Mm-hmm. You know, our government aided and abetted this crisis and now you want to ask them to fix it, maybe even give them more power. Mm-hmm. When those bad people are still in power, I just, I just, I want us to to focus our energy and our emotions and our rage in, in a more constructive way. So I have a friend at Love and Rage Media, um, loveandragemedia.org. They're they're great. Check them out. So anyway, he he talked um, about being more interested in solidarity networks workplace organizing and anti-fascism to reduce gun violence he's, he's a greater mind than i so i don't have the clearest idea of what that would look like ideally but i'm much more interested in what we can do on the ground than yelling into the void of social media or pleading to a government that has rarely listened to us yeah i definitely agree i mean if you're white or you have conservative friends like i understand that you would share this kind of stuff mm-hmm but at this point, if they still feel the way they do, they've probably unfollowed you. Yeah. Don't intensify a problem that everyone already knows about. I just want to list off some other media that have alternate leftist takes mm-hmm. instead of the more centrist liberal ones like the, you know, the New York Times or something like that. Right. So uh, check out Unicorn Riot, Sub Media, It's Going Down, From Below, it's an anarchist podcast and crime think. And that's think with a C at the end, not a K. Mm-hmm. Okay. If those shootings weren't enough, the black community was dealt heavy blow with the passing of Tony Morrison. Yeah, it's been a sad week. 
yeah, I mean, her impact and legacy in black literature cannot be understated. Yeah. Of course, it's very sad to hear about Toni Morrison's passing. Uh, I think uh, a lot of us, we, we're, we're trying to kind of take it in stride. And uh, I don't, if it's okay, I just want to share like kind of a, a quote that I saw on Facebook from the page Kinfolk Collective, yeah. if you know. Yeah. We not finna mourn mo- uh, Miss Tony. Uh, she had nearly nine decades on this earth mm. and she made the absolute most of them. She knew that life is finite and she filled hers and ours as much as she could. Mm. We don't mourn the end of greatness. We mm. celebrate that we ever had the chance to witness and experience it. Yes. No tears, just remembrance, inspiration, celebration, and appreciation. And I think that quote really spoke to me about Toni Morrison. And I think uh, I'll probably be thinking about that for a long time, even for, you know, other other folks, uh, especially folks whom I know and love when they pass. You know, I'll be thinking about that. Yeah. Have you had anyone close pass away in your family? Let's see. Uh, within the past few years since I've come to Korea, uh, my grandmother's, two of my grandmother's sisters have passed away one of her brothers, my uncle. So my mom, my aunt's sister passed away a couple of years ago. And actually one of my, so one of my grandmother's sisters, so one of my aunts, my you know, whatever. Great aunt. Uh, great aunt. Is that what that is? Yep. Great aunt. One of my great aunts, uh, her son just recently passed away last week. So it's, I think uh, for me personally, it's been a little bit of a struggle dealing with so much, death (laughs) and and thinking about mortality um i mean i don't really talk about it a lot but it's it's definitely hard and i think it's even harder when you're an expat abroad you can't go back exactly yeah so you know i i want to be there to support my family but i just find myself calling my mom you know every day every few hours like mom are you okay you know how's aunt you know so and so or are you guys going to the funeral that kind of thing so yeah I think it, it's a little bit difficult. And then Toni Morrison dying, you know, it it definitely kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of everything that's been happening recently with the shootings. And it's just, it's it's a lot to take in. I like that quote. I've only had one close passing so far, and that was my, my mom's brother, her only sibling, who treated us like his own kids. And uh, at his funeral... I definitely felt that sense of celebrating versus mm-hmm. mourning. And I, I want to talk about her legacy just a little bit before we go on to the boys. She was just so unapologetically black yes. about who about who she wrote about, what she wrote about, and who she was writing for. Absolutely. I want to play a clip. It's from an interview that went viral when she was asked a question about why she, or whether she would, put more white characters in her stories in a more substantial way there it is and you will maintain this safe place for yourself for your art you don't think you will ever change and write books that incorporate white white lives into them substantially i have done Mm. in In a substantial way you can't understand how powerfully racist that question is can you because you could never ask a white author When are you going to write about black people? Whether he did or not, or she did or not. Mm. Even the inquiry comes from a position of being in the center. And being used to being in the center. And being used to being in the center. Mm. And saying, you know, is it ever possible that you will enter the mainstream? It's inconceivable that where I already am is the mainstream. Oh, no, I, that, that wasn't the implication of my question. I think you are very, very much in the mainstream. It's a question of the, the subject of your narrative, whether you want to alter the parameters of it, whether you see any um, any benefit in doing that, or will you clearly I, I see disadvantages in doing it? From I love the looks. The artistic disadvantages. There are no pluses for me. Being an African-American writer is sort of like being a Russian writer who writes about Russia in Russian, for Russians. 
And the fact that it gets translated and read by other people is a benefit. It's a plus. But he's not obliged to ever consider writing about French people or Americans or anybody. When we were talking earlier about you being or not being in the mainstream, you are sure in the mainstream when it comes to public acclaim. I can't tell you how satisfying it is to know that I have earned a readership that is that large, as large as it is. I stood at the border, stood at the edge, and claimed it as central claimed it as central, and let the rest of the world move over to where I was. Ooh. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Please. So I, I've never seen that interview before, and I, I think that that was extremely powerful. And I can think of a million different situations that I've come across that her words just now can apply to. Because she, she is absolutely right absolutely right and i think this this kind of echoes even further as to how great of a loss this is for our community so yeah i i think for for me i never i never really delved deep into her books but she was always on my list to get to and i think for me like i'm definitely going to push a lot of her writings up to the top of the list because just just seeing her and just just watching her uh interact with people and and watching how she carries herself and you know the words that she chooses like it's it's absolutely it's she was an astonishing person i can tell absolutely yeah i've only read the bluest eye Mm -hmm. and i share this on facebook but her work has directly influenced me as a teacher People have asked me whether I like teaching younger or older children. Mm -hmm. And I've taught younger kids for most of my career. But one of my favorite teaching moments was talking to a couple of high school girls after school about the bluest eye. At that time, it was right after vacation. And a number of girls, they were only 14 or 15 years old, had already gotten eye and or nose surgery. Even before all that, nearly all the girls at that school hemmed their skirts so that they were as high and as tight on their bodies as possible. The principal allowed it, and it really pissed me off. Mm -hmm. They could barely walk, Mm -hmm. let alone run. Anyway, I saw that these two girls were growing more insecure about not conforming to Korean beauty standards, which were influenced by European standards, and what the other girls were doing at their school. They were probably the only ones who hadn't even hemmed their skirts. But I'll never forget that moment talking to them like a real person mm-hmm. instead of just giving lip service like a number, like I felt a number of teachers did there. Right. So in that clip, that interview that we just listened to about her <clears throat> being unapologetic about who she was writing for, we've seen that impact recently with Jordan Peele. Mm -hmm. When he was asked whether he was going to make movies with white people in lead roles. And of course, we know the quote. I don't see myself casting a white dude as the lead in my movie. Not that I don't like white dudes, but I've seen that movie. The way I look at it, I get to cast black people in my movies. Mm -hmm. I feel fortunate to be in this position where I can say to Universal, I want to make a $20 million horror movie with a black family. And they say yes. Right. So just like you, there are probably, you know, a whole generation who don't, who aren't as familiar with Toni Morrison's work. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this will help spark that, help further deepen that interest that can lead to action. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So rest in power, Toni Morrison. And uh, hearts and prayers to the families affected by the shootings as well. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I, Toni Morrison and the, the victims of those shootings, uh, definitely, I think there was a video showing a few of 
the their lives and their yeah. profiles and yeah yeah all right so <laughs> lifting it up <laughs> i don't know if you're gonna lift it up because this because the boys isn't a happy show well i mean i don't know it's not a happy show but it wasn't exactly my cup of tea either so okay, you know. yeah that's interesting we're i, I want to talk about that so let's move on so the boys is an amazon prime series developed by eric kripke i think that's how his name is pronounced uh he's the creator of supernatural on the wb um revolution and timeless which are NBC shows and the show is based on the books by Garth Ennis who co-created Preacher mm-hmm. on Vertigo and he had a popular run with The Punisher um, and Derek Robertson illustrated that book uh, these books were released in 2006 and it ended in 2012 mm-hmm. so this show is about a team of regular humans you could, I mean, almost vigilantes who are trying to take down a Justice League-like team of superheroes called the Seven. So Garth Ennis is known for his very twisted sense of humor, and this show certainly has that. It sure does. <laughs> there, there are a few moments where I didn't know what to feel, and we may get to that later in the spoiler section if the studio doesn't kick us out. <laughs> um. I want to first talk about the characters because mm-hmm. I thought the casting was universally great. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a weak link in this show. Everyone came came to act and came to do what the script gave them to do. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. The casting was quite good. It stars the criminally unappreciated Carl Urban Mm-hmm. Who was robbed of becoming a superstar after making Dread? You ever make? You ever watch that movie Dread? I did not. I think it came out five years ago, 2014. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, check it out. It's mm-hmm. brutal, and he's awesome. Uh, I was so happy to see him in Thor Ragnarok, but even that role was minor. Mm-hmm. So I really hope he takes off with this show as Butcher because. His charisma is on full display. You're like in love with this dude. Like. No, no, I'm serious. Like more than any other character in this show, I always looked forward to hearing what he was going to say next. Mm. He had the most interesting lines of anyone on the show. Uh, I'll admit that. Yeah. Um, even when he fir- when he first meets the next uh, main character, Huey, what do you say? He was. He didn't even look at Huey. You ever? You, you ever think parents? take a baby and try to choke him choke him out <laughs> like they're trying to get ketchup out of a bottle oh god <laughs> just his initial introduction to Huey was great and it only got cooler from there he had that whole spiel about the Spice Girls and the mall I just loved his just him being just how British he was unapologetically brash and British uh, when he was at the, um, he was at a like a Christian festival, and he was talking to this. I think he was a preacher about oh, just who God was to him. I remember that. <laughs> I mean, he has so many memorable scenes that way. I just, I just loved everything he said. Mm. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that he was uh, an interesting part of the cast, but he wasn't exactly my favorite. I suppose. But he was—he definitely brought a lot of color to the the dialogue, and I I did enjoy uh, laughing at some some of the things that he said. Yeah. <laughs> it also stars Jack Quaid, who is the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Mm. Do you know you remember Meg Ryan? Yeah. Okay. You know you young. I don't know. <laughs> he he definitely has her eyes. Once I read about it, I was like, oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he plays Huey, a kind of uh, pushover, unsure of himself. Mm-hmm. But after a tragic accident in the beginning of the show, he begins to find more strength and courage in him. Can, no, classic are, arc. Are we spoiling this? No, we're not. No, 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 no. Not, okay. not yet. Not yet. I'm just going. I... I'm just going to go through a couple things first. <laughs> okay. No spoilers yet. Aaron Moriarty is on the opposite of that. She plays Annie or Starlight, who's a superhero who is recently inducted into the seven 
Like most people, she was a huge fan of them growing up, but now that she's finally allowed into their inner circle, she's mm-hmm. learning that they aren't who she thought they were. Never meet your heroes. Mm. And did you do you realize that she's the second of two Jessica Jones actresses on the show? Do you know who the other one was? No. Um, the other one was Colby Minifee, who was her agent. She played Jessica's neighbor Robin. She was that. She was. She had that, that twin brother who got murdered in the mm-hmm. in the first season. So that was that was cool. I I I liked Aaron's character and Jessica Jones. So it's really cool to see her kind of get a bigger role. Yeah. In this show, mm-hmm. she definitely did her part quite well. Like she, even though the show wasn't like I said, it wasn't my cup of tea. I think I liked her character the most, but I do also have some quips with. Like the storyline, sure that she was given. But I, as yeah. an actress, she did a really good job. Yeah, I, she's definitely one of my favorites mm-hmm. as well. The other standout to me was Elizabeth Shue, who is the vice president of Vought International that mm-hmm. sponsors these heroes. You may remember her from Back to the Future two and three. She was Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer. Really? Yep, Jennifer yeah, Parker. Here. Oh, yeah, she was also. In the Karate Kid, she was uh, Daniel Sun's love interest. Oh. I forgot her name, but yeah, that was that was her her oh. wheelhouse back then. But yeah, the whole cast is great. Laz Alonzo as Mother's Milk—that's his real name—was mm-hmm. great. Frenchie, uh, I can't pronounce the name, but Tomer Capone, maybe. Mm-hmm. He seemed really hardened at first, but he—I really liked his charm. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that the only Asian woman was silenced, but I mean, it's it's in the books too. It is in the books, that's true, but I, I really liked her character. Same. Like, as soon as I saw her, and then, oh, oh no spoilers, right? No spoilers. Not, no spoilers. Not, not yet. All I'm going to say is that, like, at some point, I was like, who invited Asian Wolverine to this show? Because I swear, like, she she's amazing. She's really good. I say that as a compliment. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. Uh, the, only, the, the other seven mm-hmm. do their parts. Homelander is... Uh, Homelander. He, say what you want about him, he played that role he sure did. very well. Yeah. In his most menacing of times of just being a a, a brute mm-hmm. to being quiet and just having that quiet terror when he's, you know, just calmly talking to other heroes, mm-hmm. but they know what's hiding under that smile. Yeah. I was on the edge of my seat every time he was on the screen. Oh, Homelander. Yeah. I'm imagining his death like in a thousand ways in my head right now. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> So on that note, before we get to spoilers, I just want to let you guys know like this show is brutal. I don't think I've ever watched a superhero show this brutal. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, we've we've loved the Netflix shows for being bloody and just cursing and whatever, you know, sex and whatever, but this show exceeds all that. Yeah, if you have uh, if you have an uneasy stomach and don't like you know injuries, blood, gore, guts, like hard gore, I wouldn't watch this show if I were you. <laughs> and what's interesting is that I've heard a couple complaints that this isn't like the books, and it isn't, but kind of for good reason. Yeah, I uh, I want to go just quickly before we go to spoilers things that are not in the show that are in the book that's crazy maybe even in the the first or second volume where their books version of the x-men are just having a orgy night and the prostitutes in the brothel are taking like a superhero steroid just to keep up with them Oh my god! It's <laughs> it's ridiculously gratuitous. It's gratuitous and it's, and just obnoxious. And I I I I really didn't like that at all. There's a particular important plot point in the show that we'll get to in spoilers, but it was even worse mm-hmm. in the books, and, and we'll go into that a little later. Wow. So, overall, do you, do you recommend the boys or not? Oh, I think overall. For me personally, it was similar to I. I got a similar feeling that I got when I watched Watchmen. Mm, okay, yeah, sure. And kind of, yeah. For me, it was average. Like it wasn't bad, but 
maybe it's just not my my thing like i personally couldn't see why people were recommending it so much like i was like oh yeah that's funny or wow that is a holy shit moment or something but it wasn't like overall like this is amazing to me um but i think a lot of people will like it because it is different it is quite unique um and if you're looking for a different superhero story that's not you know all glossy and oh you know uh this person saves the world, you know, from Thanos or something like that. If you're looking for something a little bit unique, the boys might be up your alley. Sure. I'm I'm going to recommend it easily. I think it's good, but I also think it's a show that throughout each episode, there is world building. Hmm. And I think it's kind of too early to judge if it's good or great until the rest of the story kind of finishes that's true because this is way different from the comic book so i don't really know where it's going to go so yeah i'm I'm very curious to see it goes from here yeah check it out so let's go into the spoilers spoiler alert until they knock on the door and kick us out <laughs> that scene from the comic book and, and we can start from from there mm-hmm. in the show the deep kind of forces starlight to give him a blowjob yeah, that that was when I started feeling like, uh, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> yeah, I was curious about that. But in the comic book, it's even worse. Oh, God. So in the comic book, it's not the deep, but it's Homelander himself. Oh, my God. That, that, that does it. And two other heroes open the door, and she thinks that, oh, my God, these guys will help me out. They're joining in to also. <sighs> it was It really made me upset. That's why I talked about why... The, ad- the adaptation for, for this show, even though it is offensive mm-hmm. and outlandish, it's more toned down than that comic book. Oh, okay, I'm glad that I didn't read the comic. Yeah, it's know, crazy. Because I would have felt physically ill. No, it was, it's crazy. So I want let's go back to the initial craziness. I mean, mm-hmm. the show starts off brutal. <laughs> Within like six minutes, I was screaming like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, talk about it. <laughs> No, like, uh, so uh, if you guys have watched it, I mean, this is the spoiler part. So, yeah, by now you should have. Um, But within the first six minutes, uh, Huey and his girlfriend, Robin, Robin, she uh, they're they're talking and she was literally like, what, a half step off the curve or something. And it just so happens that one of the seven A train. He's the flash of the show. Yeah, he runs into her. Literally, he runs right through her an explosion of blood and guts and bones and gore I mean, I, and like bones. i saw part of her spine out yeah. it was it was bad didn't he say at one point that he swallowed her molar or something yeah like that? and he laughed yeah. about it it was it was bad y'all like literally i just looked at my screen and i was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah i felt so and even before that just homelander just casually showing up to stop the bank robbery mm-hmm. and just throwing a guy in a mile in the air and then, you know, he just lands on a car dead. Yeah. And the kids are like, can I have a selfie? Yeah. And it's it's so, it's interesting how the world got kind of used to that kind of violence from their heroes. Yeah. Because the comic book, Superman doesn't do things like that to regular people. Mm-hmm. Maybe to the supers, but not to regular people and they just accept it here. Yeah. And obviously, these kind of cover-ups about their, about their, other acts of violence or mm-hmm. or sexual assault is very similar to how we lionize our other heroes, whether police or celebrities. Mm-hmm. And it just gets brushed under the rug. Yeah. Even though this show is very outlandish, there are definite connections to real life. Yeah, for sure. Like there's a, like I, even though it wasn't my style, uh, as we say here in Korea, it's not my style. Um, I definitely am looking forward to season two because I think most of all, I want to see something happen to Homelander. Because oh, yeah. after the whole plane incident, I was like, no, like this this, this guy needs to, to die. He cannot be OP. And of course, there's the other plane thing where he kills the mayor and his son. Yes. And Bad. the son was looking right at him oh, with man. admiration. Yeah. And the, he just, he, he doesn't care. He's just all about self-preservation. Murdering kids. That's, that's man. That's, that's when you got to go. Like I just, Oh my God, my blood boils. Just to, he has the American flag on the back, like on his back. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, so this can be any, any more of a, you know, of a sign than it is. Like I just, there are so many connections that you can make. 
There are so many connections that you can make with Homelander and what he stands for and his actions. He stands and, for America. Yeah. America has no problem killing kids, separating kids, letting them starve, letting them get sick exactly. in cages. Yeah. You could be upset, but that's what he represents. I want to see this man get got, y'all. I want to yeah. see him get got. How'd you feel about Huey blowing up Translucent? I was like, oh, damn, that's a shame. Like, <laughs> That's a shame. It was a complete accident, wasn't it? No, he meant to do it. Oh, really? Oh, maybe I turned away for that part. I thought that he had accidentally like pressed the button. No, but... first he was like, I'm not going to do it. And then he was like, you know what? Fuck it. And then he just, he just did it. Mm. That was his first turn into becoming a more confident mm-hmm. character. We see that kind of gradually go on up until when he talks to the the Christian leader mm-hmm. and gets in his face. Even in the threat of, of being killed by his stretchy arms, he, he stood up for himself. And I really, right. that, that arc is really cool. His arc and Starlight's, I think, were the most interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Really cool how they met up, not knowing who each other were. In the comic book, they meet on the park bench the same way. Mm-hmm. But as opposed to him kind of finding out she's Starlight, she flies away from that park bench in the comic book so he knows immediately who she is oh haven't read enough to know if they actually have a, a romantic connection after that mm-hmm. but from the front it's, it's off the bat he knew who she was mm-hmm. or at least that she was a superhero right i def- i really liked their their interaction a lot it felt human yes like, even even within a, a superhero show i i really like seeing moments where you know the superheroes aren't op all the time like you're still human or you still have some sort of humanity grounding you yes and you know just the 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 moments where starlight was trying to to describe what was happening to her you know like being assaulted and the fact that like she couldn't talk to her mom in the speech and and at at the christian festival speech oh no on the bench okay i mean when they first met like just that moment it was it it grounded it for me yeah so i really i really enjoyed that yeah that scene in particular but i really liked the the speeches she did at the christian festival that was fantastic (laughs) i was like you go girl you get (laughs) them yeah it's it's interesting how at first the vice president stillwell tried to push back on her about that and and then she became even more confident like she was like you're gonna stop being a child and let us do our job yeah and do what we tell you she's like no i'm actually not gonna do that you're gonna let me do what i want to do yeah i thought it was great and by the end of it she she quit and now she's joined the boys and i'm really curious to see what happens with that arc as well a thing that i think i could critique but maybe they'll flesh it out in later seasons but just the limits of their of their powers right I mean, you know, I mean, the only thing they kind of mentioned was like Homelander can't necessarily catch heavy things out of the air. He mm-hmm. can only just fly fast and he can only lift it up if he's on the ground. Right. So like Superman can, can just catch a plane and kind of guide to safety. He can't do that. Mm-hmm. So there are limits. He's kind of just like a brute weapon that just flies in, into things and mm-hmm. throws things around. And of course, Queen Maeve is like the original incarnation of Wonder Woman where she can't fly. She's super strong and durable, but she can't fly. Mm -hmm. And apparently she can't take uh, impact from a high fall Mm. as shown with him telling her, you could die with these people in the airplane or come with me. Right. Because regular Wonder Woman should be able to tank that kind of fall. Mm -hmm. She can't. So there there are little glimpses here or there about what they can do. Um, Poor uh, Black Noir. Yeah, I wanted to know more about him. All, All we know about him is that He's good with knives and can play piano, <laughs> which, was, which, piano was cute, well. which was cute, which was cute. That's, again, like part of that dark humor. This yeah. guy's a crazy killer who tried to kill a girl, mm-hmm. but he's he has a soft piano side to him. I mean, and also uh, the, the deep, like, even though he's a pretty shitty person, yeah. I, I did kind of feel a little bad for him that he tried to, to save the marine life. Yeah. And every time... They ended up dying. <laughs> but I feel like he, he deserves it. Um, the one intense scene, I don't know if you're going to talk about it, but the one intense sure. scene that I I didn't know how to feel about was when basically uh, the deep, he was in his new apartment after being let, you know, right. let go, I guess, from the seven for a little while on yeah. probation or whatever you want to call it. And uh, he had brought a, a young woman home with him. And basically she... she uh, would, would I want to use the word rape? I'm not sure. She, she violated him. I mean, yeah. they were. I mean, they were going to have sex. 
but it was but he was very nervous about how he looked because he had the gills. body gills. Yeah, and he definitely felt really uncomfortable with the situation. He kept telling her, stop, like, it hurts, and she just kept going. She didn't care. And a lot of the, the body language that was used is similar in, you know, of course, cases of assault. But at the same time, um, I wanted to feel bad for him, but at the same time, I'm a very vengeful person, and I was like, well, you did this to Starlight earlier, so... And it's not even the worst of it because you you obviously brought her home for a reason. It wasn't like right. you just, you know, she just, you know, forced you to do it yeah. like that. You want to talk about uh, Pop Claw. That Pop was A-Train's Claw. girlfriend crushing old dude with, with with her ass. I mean, if he dies, he dies. That's I mean, if, if, you, if you're going to go out, if you're going to go out, why not go out? And go out eating out. Like. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if he Quoted. dies, he dies, y'all. That's probably, I've been on this show for a year. <laughs> go out eating out is probably, is probably the best quote we've, Look, we've, we've ever produced. I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh man, that's like that F.E. Trauma episode, Snoo Snoo, right? You oh yeah. Would I rather die get my get my pelvis crushed by hot Amazonians or my head smashed <laughs> eating a girl out? I mm, me want Snoo Snoo. <laughs> I'd probably say Snoo Snoo because I got something out of it, right? Oh man, I felt bad for that man. He didn't know what was going on. He didn't know on. anything, dude. He was he was like playing cops and robbers yeah and he didn't know he just got destroyed but if he does he does <laughs> <laughs> ladies don't feel bad speaking just, of, just speaking of sex it. i like that scene where they had carl urban like get naked and go get a shower mm-hmm. and he had that like hank hill meme ass <laughs> <laughs> you mean no ass <laughs> no ass it's like bro i mean don't if you're gonna try and make him assemble like just just make him topless just like that like don't <laughs> don't force this on us because that that was what if he listens to this podcast and he's like carl urban you, <laughs> you heard me gush over you but i'm sorry you need, need to do some squats bro some squats leg day yeah please don't don't skip leg day man <laughs> i mean he, he was all right i think his personality makes up for it sure speaking of personality that asian girl she's called the female even in the comic book she's called the female I, I'm just gonna call her Asian Wolverine because she was badass as as Wolverine was. Like she she was fucking awesome. Yeah, she was badass. I I love this when they let her out and she like wean shun that dude's stomach open. She's yes, like, <laughs> and then the dude like he literally saw her and he watched her kill all his friends and he just shot himself. Yes, he was like, this is better. Crazy. <laughs> I think my my favorite one of my favorite moments of her is uh when literally I think it was A Train and Huey were talking or whatever. A Train mm-hmm. was, you know, obviously upset, like, you know, blackmailing me, you killed my girlfriend, all this stuff. Yeah. She came out of nowhere and bashed his leg in. Yes. I was like, What the yes. fuck? I loved it. <laughs> Holy shit. I was in the gym watching that and I was on the treadmill and literally I screamed out, Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. Um, shout out to Mother's Milk, wearing mm-hmm. that De La Soul shirt. De La Soul doesn't get enough love ever. Mm-hmm. They're one of my favorite hip-hop names of all time. What do you think about the reveal of Homelander and his son? Uh, I feel like I feel like we already feel like some, we already felt like something was coming anyway. Yeah, like to be honest, I thought the baby was his son. The baby could still very well be his son, or a clone, maybe. Like uh, I think. I mean, yeah, sure, it's kind of shocking, but at the same time, how many of these stories have we seen already? So as soon as they, they said that, what what was her name, Rebecca? The wife? Yeah, uh, Rebecca Butcher, whatever. Sure. As soon Butcher. as they said that she, uh, oh, she, she spent three hours with Homelander and she came out all disheveled and stuff, and then they said, oh, she was pregnant, but she died on the table. Like, a little part of me thought, maybe she didn't actually die. I just thought that they kept the baby and lied about the wife mm-hmm. and didn't want to tell Homelander. Mm-hmm. But I know that she was still alive. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing this like this like leave it to beaver shit yeah. out in nowhere. That was wild to me. Yeah. And on that note, I want to talk about some differences in the show mm-hmm. and then the, the comic book. So in the comic book, she was actually raped. So it hasn't, it hasn't really been clear in the show really if she was raped or not. Whether, because it seemed like I mean, she walked out disheveled, but it wasn't like you know, she, maybe she's just embarrassed. Yeah, but she, right. It didn't, it didn't really show that she was raped yet. Right. So maybe they'll they'll deal with that in season two. But in the in the comic book, she was definitively raped, but she hid that from him. Mm-hmm. 
and apparently that baby did grow really fast. The baby came out of her stomach while she was asleep next to Billy Butcher. Oh my God. And he killed the baby with a lamp. Jesus. <laughs> so again, the comic book is much crazier than the show. Oh, can I stomach this comic? I'm not even sure. I like... man, it's it's wild, man. <laughs> oh, also too, I wanted to to note that um in the comic book, Huey's Scottish. And the and the show and the the comic book starts off in Scotland mm-hmm. and A Train does kill his girlfriend, but he kinda it's like he throws a villain right. through her. Right. Instead of just running through her. But isn't I I'd read that the the comic book version of Huey was based off of Simon Pegg. Yes, his his yeah. likeness mm-hmm. looks like Simon Pegg, and that's why they probably put Simon Pegg as, as Huey's dad, father yeah. in the in the show. Good, I, his good call. American accent is really good. I mean, every I mean, so is Tom Holland's. Yeah, that's true. But like, er, er, I don't, I'm so used to seeing Simon Pegg, obviously, you know, in like UK yeah, movies yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, it's interesting how. They can do us, but we can't do them. I mean, I'm trying to do butcha here, but I, I, <laughs> butcha. I could, I could say like a word or like a phrase, but trying to give a whole dialogue. Oh, my boss and, is and, British, so yeah, I make impossible. fun of him all the time. If you're listening, Tom, if you're listening. I, I, I love your accent. I love making fun of it. I'm sorry. You already know this. <laughs> all right. We're running, we're running a little long, so I want to just go in through a couple of the differences before we go on. So again, I haven't read all this comic, but... So like I said, it wasn't just uh, Homelander that kind of forced himself on Starlight. It was actually A-Train and Black Noir mm-hmm. who joined in. Huey goes from Scotland to New York to work with Butcher and those characters. And, and that just whole, that whole city is really fucked up. Mm-hmm. So the show has kind of has this kind of like regular kind of Avengers-like, you know, it's regular life, but there's superheroes around kind of vibe. In this show, or in the in the comic book, it's almost not dystopian almost but like the way that new york is like the brooklyn bridge is destroyed yeah like so there's obviously something that really something bad happened there homelander is a tyrant and then and an a train is a newer person politics go all the way up to the president who is actually against superheroes Mm -hmm. and gives people like butcher authority to do whatever Mm. they can to to get dirt on these heroes. But the vice president used to run Vought International in his pro suits. So this may come out later on in the show, who knows, but again, this is world building. Butcher doesn't care if there are good soups or not, whereas in the the show, he just doesn't believe in them at all. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, in the face of Starlight, and he's like, she's bad, she's gonna gonna F us over. That's how he feels the whole time. Mm Mm-hmm. A crazy thing that happened in the comic book was there was a there was a kind of an Iron Man like character, like a mix between Bruce Wayne and Iron Man. And he goes to a psychiatrist. There's like a whole bit about this. Like almost half the book, he confesses that he has like a sex addiction mm-hmm. and that he just kept having sex with anything. Holes, animals, trees. He raped a chinchilla to death. What the fuck? Not before talking about how he wanted to have sex with a telepathic robot. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's insane. I kind of stopped reading it because I'm like, this is just this is just too much. <laughs> it's too much. Oh my god. I mean, if you've raped a chinchilla death in ish- issue ten, I don't know where you're gonna else you're gonna go. Uh, wow. I don't want to end on on this craziness. Um, <laughs> I want to quickly before we before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out to the Iron Giant. Ooh. which turned 20 this week. Um, amazing movie, uh, just a seminal film in animation. Um, if you have a chance to watch it again with or introduce it to someone new, mm-hmm. children of yours, uh, nephews, nieces, etc. now it's time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iron Giant, definitely love it. Oh, it makes me cry every time. And The Sixth Sense, uh, turned 20 last week. We didn't have a show, so I want to give that recognition. Haley Joel Osment was also in Yes, that's right? a good yeah. point. He wasn't in, in the show. Mm. Yeah, as the Mismerer. Mm. But yeah, The Sixth Sense was the movie I saw right before I started high school. And I still remember coming home from seeing it. And my mom saw it, and she was sleeping, sleeping with the lights on. She was scared. I really? wasn't. Ghosts don't really get me. Mm. And Sixth Sense wasn't really, in hindsight, it wasn't really a horror film. It's a really kind of, it kind of defies mm. 
yeah. genre tropes. It had horror elements in it, but it was also it also had a lot of heart. Yeah. As well. I'm more afraid of creepy alien stories, so I I got like science got me more than mm. any other Shyamalan film. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Oh, I love signs. That scene at the the birthday party Ooh, in Mexico. Wee. No, <laughs> he no. came out of the corner. Was no. like, ah! <laughs> when they were in the cellar, and that I hand came that. across uh, the boy's face. Oh, and then, I love then, it. And that flashlight. Oh no, you know that's on Korean Netflix, right? Signs. No, oh, I'm, I'm there. Oh man, I'm there. <laughs> After I edit this show. All right, y'all. This concludes this episode of Blurred Up. Once again, you can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We are on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P and on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. Guys, if you like us, and I hope you do, please, you know, on Facebook, give us a, a like, give us a share. Let us know. Let your friends know. Please do. Who we are. I want to thank Marquita for being here. Oh, it's always lovely to be here. Lovely to have you. Where can <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Kitani K E E T A N I, and on Facebook at Kita T J Williams. So K E E T A T dot J dot W I L L I A M S. So yeah, come look me up and let me know that you listen to the show. Tell me you still care. <laughs> All right, y'all. Again, let us know if you like the boys and uh, in the comments and peace. Yeah, bye guys.